3: fantasy freaks and geeks what's up you're listening to the nfl fantasy live podcast i'm your host james co alongside my guy mg marcus grant the man behind the glass the man with the master plan that would be the whiz kid from wisconsin alex gelhart
4: and the hoff the fabulous one
3: himself michael fabiano what's up man
4: what's up man um nice game last night uh for nuke Oh, yeah, that was quite the game.
2: Yeah,
3: it it
4: seriously seemed like he was every wide receiver (laughs) on the Houston Texan roster last night, except for Jalen Strong.
3: Strong. Jalen Strong made an appearance. Hey, welcome to the world, (laughs) Jalen Strong. Uh, it was so sad for USC fans, too. Not only did they suffer a, uh, uh, a tough have, loss.
2: Let's just get the <laughs> <eyes> way. <Let's laughs> what this out, what happened in that game? Let's, I didn't even let's pay let's any attention. So, like,
4: I don't follow college football, so is Washington just really bad and USC should have never lost It's, to them? it's not that Washington's
3: really bad. They were a, a really double-digit favorite at home. It's, it's, so
1: not, it's, crazy. Not, it's not that Washington's really bad. I mean, they're a young up-and-coming team, and they've right. got a very good defense, but it was a case of, Everybody watching that game in the building at home could see that SC was gashing them running the football. Right. So why not put it in the hands of our struggling quarterback and let him throw it 30 times in a couple of picks? Is
4: that their second loss this year? Uh, yeah. It is. Yep. Uh, both of them at home. At home to double-digit uh,
1: underdogs. Right. Wow. Not... Good
3: Good. No, but I felt bad for him during the Thursday night broadcast because,
1: because Jalen Strong yeah, Strong caught that uh, the the Hail Mary the jail- and they and they couldn't stop talking about the Jail Mary part two. If I, I tried to I tried to, you know, head people off at the pass <laughs> by uh, you know, as soon as it happened, I went and just posted on Twitter a photo of the Jail Mary from, from the Coliseum last year. I'm like great name by the way. I'm just I'm just going to preemptive, preemptively strike uh, everybody so no one comes at me with that. That was funny.
3: Um, and I felt bad for USC fans. It was uh, it was kind of not cool. It was a double whammy. It man. was a double whammy piling on, uh. But no, it's fu- It's crazy because the old guys, man, the old guys rule.
2: Yeah, that was. It. This is so silly because people always buy into this like revenge narrative and fantasy. Like, oh, so and sos playing their old team, and well, th- sure, there's probably a little bit of something to it. Like, but it really-
3: are we at the point where w- maybe we should start? Now I mean, Golden Tate didn't look, do
4: a thing against okay, Seattle. Okay, so. Okay, so, right? Okay, okay. But I
3: mean, let's just say, how about establ- older established stars versus uh, uh, old team in a revenge game? Steve Smith last year just went bonkers. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Jackson went ridiculous.
1: Uh, I mean, it's kind of like against Philadelphia. So I, I don't know. <laughs> is, is there something? I, I don't. To it? I don't know if it was a <laughs> revenge game specifically. I mean, I, I do feel like maybe they tried to get Andre Johnson a little more involved against his old team, but. One of the things I did hear, you know, in the afternoon yesterday before that game was that a lot of the Colts players were talking about Matt Hasselbeck and saying that if you get open, he All will right. reward you. That he's going to find you with the football, and you know, and I don't know if that was necessarily a criticism of Andrew Luck or what ah, have sure, you.
3: Sure, sounds like it. But
1: apparently, you know, the, the the pass catchers there like the fact that Hasselbeck tends to spread the ball around a little bit more.
3: Uh, by the way, are we one Andrew Luck interception away from a full blown uh, no, no quarterback? You're, come no. on, no, no, nuts. no, no. I'm not saying that there is one. I'm just saying there's going to be stories. No, there's saying not.
4: there is by, by dumb sports writers quarterback
1: controversy. I mean, look, there's a lot of column inches to fill and a lot of digital media space to, to fill up there. So you know, maybe somebody will come up with that idea, but yeah, I'm just no saying. one's buying it.
4: Although, um, saying y- you want to talk about someone who came back, uh, I, I. Don't know that I've ever had as much anxiety as I did last night watching Arian Foster as someone who owns him in like four or five leagues. Yeah. Okay. Every time he touched the ball, I started to get nervous. I did too. And then when he got that, when he got that that injury and he's out, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. But he had a strong game. Yeah. He had he, nine catches. He clearly wasn't like 100 percent Arian no, Foster. No. But he's still really
2: good. Right. He's so smart and so fluid. He just lacked that like extra gear he usually has. But it was still great to see him out there making his cutbacks, making the good reads. And like his stiff
4: arm matches. is strong. Stiff
2: arm is still strong. The,
4: the hamstring <laughs> might not be in right. the groin, but stiff arm it's, is strong. It's funny because if you look at the, the targets from last night, Nuke had 14, Foster had 10. Wait, only 14? He had 14.
2: It's insane. He, I mean, he dropped his pace off from 240 to 237 now on the year. 237 targets. That's astronomical. So, see now, I, I feel
4: good about trading Drew Brees and Mike Evans to get him in an industry league that I'm in because I was worried I maybe gave up too much and, and gave up a little early on Mike Evans, but – Boy Nuke is just unreal right now.
2: Um, he's get all the targets. I feel
4: like I feel like he's putting up a
2: lot of
3: Andre Johnson games though. No touchdowns. Well, they, what, a lot of are, catches. I'll take what six lot of yards. The, what the
1: heck was with Jalen Strong? Like coming out of nowhere. That I love was frustrating. it. Frustrating. Well, part it. of it is that the Colts decided not to cover him. I mean, the, oh, that's he, one way. The hail mary the end of the first half. There was nobody really around him. He just boxed out there, and then made there, an easy. There catch. were five Colts behind him, like <laughs> right. some little congregation. Like, are you gonna cover Jalen? You right. gonna cover Jalen? Nah, let's and let us let us let you, you cover Jalen. and Then he just catches the touchdown. And then the like, second touchdown, there was nobody in the area code. I no. mean, he was all by himself.
4: And Brian Hoyer. With almost 20 fantasy points.
1: 312 And, yards and he to wasn't
4: even down. the starter <laughs> to begin the game. I know, Isn't that crazy? Um, th- this, is, this was an upside-down game where the guys who hadn't done anything or were struggling really ended up coming up big for fantasy owners, although most people didn't start. Hoyer. I'm sure some people started Andre Johnson. No one started strong. Hasselbeck, I mean, if you're in a deep league or a 2QB, maybe he got his start. He had 16 fantasy points. Frank Gore is back on the right track now, right? Well, they're finally giving him carries,
2: thankfully. Like, that's what he just needed. And
4: he didn't fumble. Give the old
2: man some work.
3: Didn't fumble. Frank Gore, 22 carries, 98 yards, added a touchdown. Great, uh, T- great day. <laughs> T. Y. Hilton, five catches, 88 yards, no TDs. Yeah. Andre Johnson went crazy. Six catches, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, on the other side of the ledger, Arian Foster. Again, uh, we were mentioning him kind of struggling on the ground. 19 carries, 41 yards, about two yards a carry. Uh, not great. His longest run of the uh, afternoon was a seven yarder. Yeah, so. but he
4: made hay as a catch uh, as a catcher. Oh, no yeah, doubt about it. Catcher. Nine catches. Yeah. Nine catches
3: for a running back. Uh, 77 yards. He had a, a a long of a 32. So, uh, And we talked about DeAndre Hopkins as well. 11 catches, 169 yards. It was uh, insane. But, you know, you look at the, the old guys here, Anna Vinatieri even, uh, old guy, uh, over 40 years old. Matt Hasselbeck, 40 years old. Frank Gore, 32 years old, which is – that's like – That's ancient in running that, back in, years. In running back years, it's unbelievable how old that is. And then Andre Johnson, uh, 34 years old, I believe. Uh, and he made an impact as well. But my goodness.
4: Another story in this game, too, guys, the Texans' defense. Thanks for nothing. Right? You, you hear the report from our own Stacy Dales that Matt Hasselbeck is hoping he can get through four quarters. Uh, there's visions of Josh Johnson playing quarterback, dancing in our heads. We're thinking it's a
1: home game on a Thursday night and the Texans and they're give you and they're nothing. Well, I mean, you look at you look at the numbers from this thing and, and we talked so much about the pass rush and JJ Watt and Jadavian Clowney and those guys up front and and you worry about the Colts offensive line have been struggling. No sacks. Matt Hasselbeck well, was not sacked. One at all. of the things
2: I just saw this on Twitter this morning when I was waiting for you guys to come up here was that um the percentage of Matt Hasselbeck's throws that he that left his hand in less than like 2.4 seconds or something like that was like 75%. And with luck, it's only around 50%. Wow. So I think they schemed, and it's Matt Hasselbeck being a savvy veteran, that like, every time he got that snap, he was like, later. And then just <laughs> chucked crazy. that thing so he didn't have to deal with Clowney. Because uh, they did put some pressure on him here and there. Clowney hit him a couple times, and Watt got that weird roughing penalty where he like accidentally bumped into Hasselbeck, and right. Hasselbeck pulled a soccer player and was like,
3: oh, God!
2: But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was... It uh, Hasselback was smart about getting it out. I'm sure that was part of the game plan for the Colts. Uh,
3: I know we talk about uh, fantasy here, but, you know, from a real-life perspective, I, you know, look, Ryan Mallett, obviously not great, uh, but uh, 7 of 10 throwing, and then Brian Hoyer, 24 of 31 throwing the football. Uh, I thought both of those guys were pretty efficient. They just, you know, obviously they couldn't establish a ground game. Uh, but uh, I... I, I I'm not saying I liked what I saw from either one of those guys, but I mean, Brian. It's funny. I feel like I feel like Ryan Mallett should just start every single game, and then they should just yank him. After a series, and then just throw Brian Hoyer in. There. I would love
1: to see Bill. He's Bo- so much better as a backup. I don't understand. I'd it. love to see Bill O'Brien walk out to the field like a manager in baseball and just you know call for the right hander <laughs> <Yep>. or whatever. <laughs> he t- he t- <laughs> takes the takes the ball
2: from Mallet like pats him on the shoulder, like "Good job, kid." And then Hoyer comes in. Uh, That'd be awesome. <laughs> that is funny.
3: Um, by the way, we talked about Jalen Strong. Uh, fifty three yards, two catches, two catches, two touchdowns. That's pretty efficient. That, that's efficient. That's, um, pretty good. Is there? they used no. the third round draft <laughs> no is he worth a bench spot no maybe, not right maybe, now maybe
1: in a dynasty league I, you know well, it, definitely in a dynasty <laughs> i i, I like this talent i did and then he, he he struggled in preseason he was battling injuries he just wasn't playing well and then Steelson Short stepped in started playing really well and Nate washington, washington was playing well so this was a situation where strong got on the field because those other two guys were hurt but, but that's shorts. why i'm but
3: that's why i'm asking you know is I, he worth a bench spot because look his talent level, um, he yeah, it's he undeniable. Struggled. It's undeniable. He's a good player. It, it's just a it's just a matter of can he put it all together. He didn't put it together in the preseason. I liked what I saw. I mean, granted, one was a hail mary, but you know the strength by which he caught there was no hesitation. Uh, in his game whatsoever. And, and I going back to the college tape, I just like Jalen Strong in terms of what he can do for this offense. If, if DeAndre Hopkins is taking the coverage over the top, Jalen Strong, whose game is really well-suited underneath, could be an interesting fit there. Um, would I use a waiver prior now? Okay, no, I wouldn't do that. But uh, to me, when I look at Cecil Shorts and Nate Washington, I'm not necessarily blown away. Uh, I wonder if, you know, if this season starts getting away
4: from him, I wonder if Jalen Strong just starts getting more work. Unless his name is DeAndre Hopkins, there is no Texans wide receiver I would trust. Right. Yeah,
2: I think it's I think it's just a wait-and-see thing right now because I'm trying to, if my mouse would work, like the, to tell the listeners what I was telling you guys, right now the mouse on this computer in the podcast to you, for whatever reason, whenever I go to a part of the screen, it decides to just revert back to a different side of the screen, making productivity very hard. But mm-hmm. I wanted to see... Strong only had two targets too. Yeah, two targets. Two one targets. was on, one wasn't even a target. Nope. It was just a it
4: was Hail just Mary. A, a, yep.
2: So a, that's a YOLO ball I believe, Let's wait right? and see. It was a YOLO Hail Mary. Uh, let's just wait. Let's wait and see what Jaylen Strong. wrong.
4: I would like to actually find out. I'm going to Google this. Where Do you guys know where the term Hail Mary came from? Was yeah, that so, from the Roger play? It was from Staubach play, the the stop play. Stop yeah. Drew Pearson he said, he against said, the I,
1: Vikings? He said, I dropped back, I said a Hail Mary, and I let the ball go. Okay. Which is
2: why some purists are like, they're not all Hail There's Marys. There's only
1: that one, was Hail one Hail Mary. Play. Like, get,
2: get off your high horse. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hit the top headlines. Let's do it.
1: The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news.
3: Breaking news. We continue to follow breaking news. watch
0: the news because i a kid. So, y'all need to have your kids, have your wife.
3: All right, your top headlines. We start in Seattle. Uh, Daryl Bevel, uh, the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks, says he's, quote, doing everything we can to get Jimmy Graham involved. Do you buy what he is selling, Alex Gelhar? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I guess, but when you hear quotes like this, uh, obviously there's a lot of questions in the media uh, regarding Jimmy Graham's usage. Uh, Can you, I don't know, I guess imagine a scenario where, you know, the offensive coordinator and and the coaching staff in general basically say, you know what guys, we do need to get Jimmy Graham more involved here.
1: I'm sure they are saying that. I mean, (laughs) here it is. You gave up a big part of your team in Max Unger to bring this guy in, you know, and, and, whether or not it had anything to do with that final play in the Super Bowl, we may never know uh, you know, in, in actuality. But here it is. You have a major offensive weapon on your team. And, okay, maybe you're not going to completely change your offensive style, but you are wasting this guy. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. Now, I don't know if if they have something up their sleeve that we don't know about. But, again, I, I go back to what I saw last week on Monday night. And if they can't protect Russell Wilson – And if half the the pass plays turn into scramble drills, then I don't know if Jimmy Graham is suited to play in an offense where, you know, he's gotta basically play, you know,
4: backyard football. Yeah, and let's be honest too, guys. I mean, as much as we research and we follow the game and the stats and everything else, there's some things in sports that happen and we don't get it. We don't get why Marshawn Lynch didn't get the football in the Super Bowl last year. I got it. Seattle the right call. Seattle probably wins the Super Bowl. Uh, we don't understand why Adrian Peterson barely touched the ball in week one and ever since he's been uh, a demigod. Uh, he's been so awesome. North thought he was smarter there, than everybody else? There's the certain room. things we don't get we will never understand. We don't understand why Bill Belichick hates our fantasy football teams, although this year maybe Deion Lewis has broken the Bellatrix curse. But Jimmy Graham was, number one, never a great fit for this team. Uh, number two, the offensive line's deficiencies have made it more uh difficult for him to be on the field because he can't he can't block and if you remember that quote back in the preseason where he said hey man you know 75 percent of the time I'm gonna be blocking out there maybe he was joking maybe he wasn't but the tight end is utilized to block in this offense, not to be a pass catcher. And Marcus hit it on the head. If the offensive line can't do its job, Jimmy Graham cannot, can't get out in space, and they're playing sort of backyard football where Russell Wilson's running for his life and looking for the first open guy, especially when Marshawn Lynch is not in the game, Jimmy Graham is going to be neutralized.
3: I guess what I don't understand, though, is if the offensive line can't block, you throw to the tight end. It's the quickest way to get yards.
4: Not it's if the, the tight qu- end's being doubled.
3: I, the question is: Is he being du- I mean, well, the- last week he last was week being he was doubled. being
4: bracketed a lot. Yes. They
3: would
2: have the safety over the top and the linebacker underneath. Yep. And so yeah, I mean, uh, the Detroit has some pretty good linebackers too, so that might have been part of it. But mm-hmm.
4: and yeah. this week, I mean, Cincinnati's given up fewer than five fantasy points a game to tight ends.
2: Yeah, it's just uh, it's n- not good. Hashtag ungood, as Marcus says.
3: <laughs> uh, we will stay in Seattle where uh, Marshawn Lynch misses practice. He's basically – I've been here the whole time. He, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> he's there. He's in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be true. Might be true. But uh, he's missed practice time. Uh, you know, he's considered, you know, week to week, game to game. Um, what do we make of, of, of the injuries? Uh, we don't even know really what it is at this point because what was it before? It was a um, – I think he was dealing with a calf and then when we saw him in the game, they were working on his back, and then they said he was out with a
2: hamstring Yeah, it's been his back for a couple of years. I think the first injury he had earlier in the season was a calf, and then it was a hamstring. So that's why, that's why you get worried is when it's three separate things piling up.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how accurate the, the medical reports are. Um, you know, Obviously, they have uh, a vested interest not to necessarily be 100% truthful uh, <laughs> with what he's actually dealing with. But, no, you're right, the wear and tear. Uh, you, I mean, we talk about the carries, the touches, and all that. How about just all the games? I mean, with the two Super Bowl runs that the Seahawks have had, uh, I mean, we, I know there's been a lot of press coverage on it, but he's basically played an extra half season Compressed into two years, it's he has done a lot of work, and I, you know, I know a lot of uh, owners are worried about Marshawn Lynch. So I guess I'll throw it out to you guys: What should fantasy managers do with Marshawn Lynch, Marcus Grant?
1: Well, I mean, if you're really, really panicked, you try to trade him. But I, I still believe that that he's going to be a big part of what the Seahawks do down the stretch. I mean, this team is going to be in the thick of the hunt for the NFC West title. They are probably going to be a playoff team unless something really catastrophic happens. So that means that down the stretch, regardless of of whether Fred Jackson is there or Thomas Rawls is there, they're going to need Marshawn Lynch to be successful, and they are going to get him the football in plenty of opportunities. So, I mean, if, if you have the the opportunity to be patient. I understand that you know not everybody can do that depending on your fantasy roster, then I think you, you wait and you give him an opportunity. But if if you're panicked and if you need help somewhere else, you know, try to deal him. Somebody will take him based on name value alone. I guess potentially that's you you do one of one of two
4: things. You keep the faith and hope that he returns to beast mode or you try to package him in a trade because I don't know that you're going to get value for him one on one. You're not going to get Say an Emmanuel Sanders for him or a Julian Edelman for him, you're not going to get uh, that kind of value right now, um, at least not in most leagues. But if you package him, potentially uh, there's there's a chance. But I wouldn't give on him, give up on him just yet. I have him in our NFL Fantasy Live League, and I am crossing my fingers and keeping the faith that at some point when he gets healthy, he'll come back and play well. He does have a pretty good playoff schedule too, if you look at it.
3: All right, so I got to ask, uh, we we mentioned trades a lot. Um, and sometimes, you know, I get comments like, well, okay, trade him, but for what? Uh, not for a specific player, but what level of player are you trading him for? Are you trading him for a wide receiver one? Are you trading him for a uh, I don't, a think, you're getting that, I don't think you're getting that back right now. <laughs> I don't think you're getting that back either. Are you trading him for a wide receiver
4: two? Uh, what are you trading him for? You probably, well, you know me. I'm going after the gusto, so I'm going two for one. But if you're going one for one right now, I don't know that you can get one of the top 10 fantasy wide receivers, and I'm not talking about Travis Benjamin, okay? I'm talking about some of the elite. talking about James Jones. I'm ta- Well, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't, I, I, wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't. do that either. Um, th- there are other wide receivers out there that you can get. Uh, to be quite honest with you, you can, you can probably go Amari Cooper for Marshawn Lynch straight up. Someone would probably do that trade. I think someone would probably do a Keenan Allen for Marshawn Lynch deal, but I also believe – that it depends on how desperate another team is to get a running back and how much they're willing to risk. But I'm not going to give Lynch away for a bag of peanuts. That's for sure. Alex, yeah,
2: I think Fab said it though. The best is to try and package him, put him with some lower tier guy that's playing well right now, uh, that's on like the wide receiver three range or you know RB three range or whatever, and flip the both of them for a better for a better prospect to help somebody out who needs the depth and could uh, you know is optimistic that Lynch is going to return.
3: All right, there you go. Um, Dion Lewis got it. Am I reading this right? Deion Lewis got a two-year yes, extension. Yes, he did. Mid-season.
2: <laughs> yes, he did.
3: Which, by the way, the Patriots never do. Right, they, not to running backs. Uh, not to anybody. They, they never work out extensions in the middle of a season. Um, it, it's, it's a fair point to ask, is Bellatrix officially over?
1: I'm gonna right. I'm 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 gonna say yes. I mean I'm
2: gonna tentatively say I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't want
1: the Bellatrix to hear I and know, come like, back. Can we can we, you know, somehow excise this part of the podcast so it doesn't get <laughs> back to, to Boston? I I think it is. We they again I go back to the first couple weeks of the season when Deion Lewis put the ball on the ground in back to back games. Right. And stayed in there and remained a big part of what they do. you know, and, and I think I think this week's gonna tell us a lot when we see how much garrett Blunt gets used. I mean Blunt had a big game a couple weeks ago, but a lot of those came once the game was out of hand and he scored a lot of touchdowns late. But if this game remains at issue for most of the afternoon, which is possible against the Cowboys, um, you know, I'm curious to see how much Deion Lewis is on the field versus how much LeGarrette Blunt is on the field, and that might give us a clue.
3: Um, it's interesting, too. I, I think about what the Patriots are trying to get done offensively. They're throwing the ball. I mean... They look like Baylor out there. I mean, it's just shotgun and go every play. Uh, Brady's many, on pace for almost six thousand yards passing. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's crazy. But yeah. how many pass attempts is he on pace for? That's the real question. A lot. I, don't uh, know. I, I mean, a crazy. Have to, <laughs> have to look. A crazy. How many times did he throw the ball last game? Almost sixty times.
4: I'd have to uh, that
2: yeah. One. I'll pull. I'll pull it up while we go. But I think this is like Marcus. You're right. Next game, we're gonna really have to see. But this is such a sign of them putting their chips behind Dion Lewis. And, if you, I mean, if you watch the tape, he's been phenomenal for them. And he's, he's a, like a perfect fit for what they do because he's elusive. He can run between the tackles and outside. And he's dangerous after the catch getting passes out of the backfield.
3: I guess the point that I was making is if the Pats are going to be throwing the ball 50 times a game or more, um, Dion Lewis obviously is the pass catching back, and that's why
4: he's in there. Um, Tom Look, Brady's thrown it 32 times, uh, 59 times, 59. 52 times, uh, 42 times. <laughs>
2: he's on pace for 672 <laughs> pass attempts.
4: Yeah, that would be. uh yeah, that would be that. That's Matt
3: Stafford esque. Um, and if he's throwing the ball 600 times, man, Dion Lewis. I mean, think
4: about just the val the the volume and the value there. So. And especially this week. Yeah. I mean, no team has given up more fantasy points to running backs over the last two weeks than the Cowboys. And I'm not just talking about 28, 29, 37-plus. They've been getting slaughtered. And I know the defense will be a little bit better this week. You've got uh, you've got um, uh, Rolando B- McLean coming back. I almost said Rolando Blackman. Rolando <laughs> McLean coming back. Uh, Sean Lee looks like he's going to be okay. You've got... Uh, Greg or Greg, I, Greg Hardy coming back Boy, I, I, with you. Fans. I am like, I am like losing it. It's been a long week. You're falling it, apart, man. In this I, podcast, I, I'm, studio. I'm going back to like old school Dallas sports athletes. But um, so they've got some players that will be back. So the defense shouldn't be as bad. I think that'll affect the pass rush a little bit more than being able to run the football. But um, dare I say it, that Dion Lewis is a must start this week.
3: I agree. Yep. I, I think oh must no doubt. start every
4: week. Um, he's he's
3: shown me nothing to to shake the faith at all. All right, let's talk about some other injuries. Uh, in Baltimore, how about Triple S Steve Smith Senior? Crocky the Elmore, they didn't practice. Uh, I feel like they got a couple more injuries there as well. Oh, uh, uh, Brashard Perriman obviously still dealing with that uh,
2: very extensive knee injury. Yep, Campanaro's on IR. Campanaro's on IR. Who's
3: healthy? Kamar Aiken. Come on down. Where is the franchise? We're talking about Kamar Aiken and the franchise he's, is not in the building. He's
2: downstairs grinding out content. He's, ah. he's, the, only, he's the only one in the fantasy stronghold right now, He always, soul, he always so.
4: believed. I like that. That should mean uh, – Quite a good workload for Justin Forsett, you would think, against that the Browns too. who can't stop the run.
2: Uh, but speaking of Kamar, quick while we're on it, because like he's a good, he's actually a good waiver wire pickup this week. Hundred uh, in Har- percent. In Matt Harmon's sleeper column, he was noticing that when Kamar has actually gotten targets this year, he's produced. Like, when he's gotten, like, seven or more targets, I think uh, week two he had, like, 80 yards or something like that. And then this last week he had, like, 70 and a touch. So
3: I'm really excited to see what he could do. I I think he can be a productive
2: player. He'll be be a solid volume play this week. So if you've got space on your bench, pick him up, throw him in as a wide receiver three. Like, you could get a good
3: return. 100%. I I would love to play him in the flex if I could. Um, And in PPR, forget about it. I, I love this kid. Um, in terms of upside, uh, I'll tell you, I give you a super deep sleeper. I know he's not ready quite yet, but uh, just with all the, the the depth chart problems they have there uh, for pass catchers, uh, Darren Waller. I know I talked about him earlier, mm-hmm. but uh, a big guy, Georgia Tech product. Uh, and and again, when you think about Georgia Tech products, you think about Calvin Johnson, Demarius Thomas, uh, and Des I, White. It, <laughs> Nobody, uh, Darren no? Waller is okay. is built in that mold. Obviously, not nearly. Uh, as good in terms of being able to actually, well, you know, catch the ball uh, or r- really run routes. He's still very raw. It's very, very raw. Uh, But I tell you what, uh, just the opportunities. Uh, what do I say, man? Opportunity makes kings of us all. The... And and for me, I just feel like if he gets the opportunity in the red zone, in the red zone. Yeah. A, a little lob pass from uh, Joe Flacco. Uh, it could pay dividends. The, I, I, the other super, keep an eye on him.
2: the other super deep one is Chris Givens. They traded for him, former Ram. He's basically only a deep threat, but that's something that the team has been sorely lacking. Sure, without Tory Smith and without Brashad Perriman. so yeah. I mean, if you're in, in a 16-team league and uh, you know you got Dez Bryant and like Jody Nelson on your on your IR collectively, throw well, a real flyer one of those guys.
3: Yeah, um, the reason I really get excited about Darren Waller, by the way. Oh, uh, I'm gonna talk about this later, but I-, I guess there's a James Co. drinking game out there. Uh oh. Uh oh. Which I I'm I advocate a hundred percent. Apparently, uh, adult beverages are had every single time I say, "By the way."
2: By the way, on the on the podcast or on the I show. I don't know.
3: I'm not exactly sure, but it's all good. Uh, so, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Darren Waller. When you look at his combine numbers, they're they're fantastic. Anyways, I, I encourage people to take a look at his combine numbers. Anyways, and uh, and you could see why I am so excited about this deep sleeper. All right, how about let's talk? Oh well, actually, we didn't even get to uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Still limited in practice, man. Uh, I don't know what to make of Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I just flipped him. I in you our traded him. I just flipped him in our NFL Fantasy Live League to Adam Rank uh, for for Dante Moncrief. Straight up. Straight up. Just because I'm tired of dealing with the injury reports. I think Rank got you on that, too. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. But that's okay, because I got Moncrief on my March 1100, and I got to have him on my team. Blah, <laughs> got, blah, blah, blah. got to roll with that. He didn't, he didn't march very far. On no, got, by the way, here we go again. Uh, three
2: yards. Uh, three yards? That's going to put him off pace
3: three. a little bit.
1: Moncrief, that's three, yards. Two,
2: three yards. Um. That's the, well, like with Alshon, they've been keeping him out, so he's hopefully healthy. He's been limited. I hope he plays this week, because he's got a phenomenal matchup against the Chiefs. Uh, with the Bears there, and that the offense got going a little bit with uh, with Smoke and Jay back in the lineup, but um, you gotta you gotta keep it's it's very frustrating right now. You gotta hope he's either healthy to play or that they just like sit him again and let him get hundred percent and then come back and tear
4: it up.
3: Yikes! Um, all right, uh, any other injury news that you guys want to get out of the way? Uh, I think Julius Thomas, Thomas was uh, practicing. He was catching
4: he, passes. Yeah,
3: so he, uh, not ready
4: yet, but if he's available in your league, go get him.
3: Julius Thomas could be close. He could be very, very close.
4: All right, let's talk about matchups that
3: excite us, and then we'll talk about matchups that scare us as well, and then we'll get to daily daps. All that stuff still ahead. All right, so matchups that excite us. Oh, by the way, follow us on uh, Twitter, uh, at NFL Fantasy, at at Alex Gelhar, at Marcus G, at Michael underscore Fabiano, and at James D. Coe. Go to the website, nfl.com slash fantasy. Tons of great content there. Um, Any articles that we want to push out
2: uh, God, so many. <laughs> there's there's a lot. <laughs> I, know,
3: I know Franchise rights are a great piece.
2: We Well, we will also have his committee meetings is great for running backs if you're stuck with a back in uh, Washington, Philadelphia, New York, all. Uh Check that out. Opportunity we also, report. The, that's good. Harmon looks at targets and touches. We're going to be doing today, we'll put out our massive, I mean massive, player-by-player game preview for every game, all the fantasy-relevant players, some great stats and stuff in there, good one to look through if you need some help tweaking your lineup and stuff.
3: NFL.com slash fantasy, and we answer a cr- oh. crazy amount of Twitter questions online and
2: as well. And l- like uh, the podcast, subscribe, download, tell your friends, you know, put it on the Twitter, on the interwebs, whatever you can do. Oh, uh, man, those crazy we, we appreciate all of you.
3: Yes, no doubt about it. All right, let's talk about matchups that excite us. Phillip Rivers, Keenan Allen, uh, the entire Chargers offense taking on the Steelers, who have been anything but – the steel curtain. They're like the steel sheet right now. Um, <laughs> They're not even steel. The, 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 it's the, more the, like the, aluminum foil. The satin curtain. Right. The satin curtain. <laughs> the right. satin curtain.
4: Yes. Uh, where where are we? Uh, I know, I think Phil Rivers is a start for you, yes? Oh, my God. Heck, yeah. He is in my top five this week. Not too many quarterbacks I would have started ahead of him. Certainly not Brian Hoyer, but the matchup is favorable. And look at Rivers at home this year, averaging over 380 passing yards, over 23 fantasy points per game. I realize... There's question marks about Malcolm Floyd and Stevie
1: Johnson, but Antonio Gates is back, buddy. Oh yeah, old Keenan
4: Allen's there, and so is Danny Woodhead. So I'm all in on Rivers. Yeah,
1: I mean that was one. That was a name that didn't make it on the list here. Was uh, was Antonio Gates because he's back now after his suspension. And- sure. There are a few stronger bromances in the National Football League than Phillip Rivers and Antonio Gates. Oh, go. my
3: goodness. Philip Rivers loves him. The, if Rivers.
2: I remember right, though, Fabs, you had uh, Gordon. Was he a sit this week, though? Yes. Uh, what was the – because, I mean, we like the guys in the pa- – the pieces in the passing game and think, you know, that's why I put Woodhead on here because I think he's going to get Steelers a nice volume. The Steelers have actually
4: but... not been terrible against the run, and I just fear – uh, that the Danny Woodhead ravaging of backfield touches will continue and red zone touches, right? And and that that's really what worries me. Um, you know, he, he scored twenty four point four fantasy points so far this year in four. You know, in four games, uh, the Steelers have given up fewer than fourteen fantasy points to running backs in three of their first four games. So, to me, I just can't trust him right now. Yeah. I can't play him unless I have no options uh, and it's a starting running back. And okay, yeah, I'm going to play him. But the matchup's not good, and the Danny Woodhead situation is not good either. Marcus, Alex, I'd love
3: for you guys to chip in on the whole Melvin Gordon situation. I see a lot of questions on Twitter regarding Melvin Gordon. Should I play him? Should I not play him? Um, you know, Danny Woodhead obviously is, is not um, not a star in the NFL. Melvin Gordon's got a lot of. Hype He's a star it. in our hearts. James, <laughs> <laughs> uh, very good point. So uh, I guess I'd love to get your take on on the whole. Uh, Melvin Gordon. And and less about Danny Woodhead, because I think we've talked about Danny Woodhead enough on the podcast. We've pumped him up. If you've got him, you know, play him in the flex. Be confident. If you're in a PPR, 100% play him. Uh, but Melvin Gordon, what do we make of his matchup? What, what do you think of him this week? Uh, where do you play him well, in, at all?
1: I don't think you can play him right now. I'm not uh, playing him. I'm not playing him this week. I don't know that you can play him right now just because he hasn't been consistent. He had one good game. That was in week two against the Bengals. He had 88 rushing yards there, yeah. but and other he was that, picking up chunks. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's not uh, – you take that game out, he's not averaging four yards a carry. He's averaging right around, you know, 3.6 yards per carry or so. I mean, that's not, not good. very good. And, and yeah. you know, he's still – it looks like he's still trying to figure things out. I think more than that, he just hasn't earned the trust of Phillip Rivers yet to be on the field. So, I, you know, for the time being, I, I don't know that you can play him. Uh, you know, I, I think you leave him on your bench because the talent is there. It's just – he hasn't yet put it together. Part of,
2: part of the trouble is too he is running behind uh, the not the greatest offensive line, and uh, that t- the that, no. that team is thriving because of Philip Rivers' head and his quick release and getting it out quickly to Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead. So that that puts a damper on Gordon because he's still getting getting into his rhythm and he's not getting a lot of holes and stuff like that. So the tr- you're going to have to wait and and keep him on the bench until. They that offense really gets humming, and where they need to like salt away some leads, because that's when they'll put Gordon in. That's not going to be Danny Woodhead's role.
3: I mean, three fifths of their offensive line suffered injuries last week. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what their status is going into week five, but just know that those guys are dinged up. Um, it's it's really it, it scares me. Um, I, I know that uh, I know the Steelers have not been great defensively, but I don't know, man. That. The, the offensive line problems there with San Diego, a lot of it just scares me. Uh, I think Phillip Rivers is going to rely heavily on his two tight ends. Ladarius Green will still get work, even with Antonio Gates in there. And and they almost have to. Um, they almost have to keep them both in uh, for pass protection, just because Phillip Rivers was getting killed in Week 4. And I don't know how many more of those hits he can sustain. Um, I do want to talk about the other side of the ball. Martavis, speaking of guys coming back. It's like the guys coming back bowl. Uh, Antonio (laughs) Gates on one side, Martavis Bryant on the other. Uh, (laughs) How excited are you guys about Martavis Bryant making his return? Give me some statistical
4: expectations for the explosive wideout for the Steelers. I'm truthfully not expecting a huge game uh, on Monday night. Uh, I'm excited that he's back. There's no question about that. He's one of the the most fun wide receivers in the league to watch for me just because of his skill set, his athleticism, his speed. Um, he's got really good hands. You look at the numbers though, and you know me, I'm all about the numbers. Um, it, San Diego's pass defense has been really good this year. Uh, if you're looking at wide receivers, third fewest fantasy points allowed to the position and Ben Roethlisberger is not the quarterback. When Roethlisberger comes back, I'm going to be a heck of a lot more excited about Martavis Bryant. In fact, he would be somebody that in the next couple of weeks I'd probably try to trade for. Mm-hmm. Then you probably wouldn't have to give up a whole much to get uh, a whole lot to get him either. So he's someone that I would target. He's not someone that I would start unless I am hurting at wide out. Maybe he's a three or a flex, but I don't know that he's a must start this week.
2: I I think uh, I'm I'm kind of with you. I mean, not a must start this week. I'm excited. I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped one ten and a touch on him, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he had a three for.
1: 32 I, I, you know i only see him with like three catches but i do think it's more of the three with one ten in yeah a touch because I, <laughs> I, I i just see mike vick going back and launching a couple of yolo balls and letting martavis bryant go get it so it, it may not be a great ppr game but he's a home run hitter and, yeah. and i think you know with him back on the field I, I expect the steelers to swing for the fences a couple times it's one
2: of those situations where if you're looking at your lineup and you've got either like him or uh I don't know, like uh, maybe...
4: Marvin Jones.
2: A Marvin Jones type in your flex where Jones might have the safer floor, but if you think you need that little extra boost to to win your matchup, go with Martavis.
4: I'm all
3: in. (laughs) I'm all in, baby. Give me some Martavis Bryant. It's like you said, man. He's going to throw up some YOLO balls. All good. Uh, he'd, get a, he'd get a little bubble screen and take it to the house. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you what, man. Um, I'm all in. I- I'm excited to see Martavis Bryant. Absolutely excited uh, to see him. And you know what? Having Martavis Bryant out there will absolutely help Antonio Brown as well. Uh, you just can't roll that coverage as much, especially deep
1: on. Antonio You're telling me, now. DHB's not not commanding <laughs> coverage and attention uh, and no. defenses. Which, by the way, so last week I, I was I was with some friends watching the uh, watching the Steelers play on Thursday night, and uh, with a couple of friends who are big time Raider fans, and they were cursing Darius Hayward Bay every time he made a catch. <laughs> Where was that 3 years ago? <laughs> well, look, when you have
3: Matt McGloin throwing you the ball, it's hard to produce, man. So, uh let's let's everyone calm down there uh in Raider Nation. All right, how about uh with the Giants, they take on the the San Francisco 49ers, 49ers and uh we anticipate Eli Manning and OBJ to have pretty solid afternoons.
1: Yes? Uh yeah, I um you know, as, as Alex was mentioning, we, we write our game previews and we, we talk about the, these fantasy relevant players. And I, I previewed this game. And basically, my write up about OBJ consisted of even really good secondaries have a tough time slowing him down. The 49ers don't have a really good secondary. Yeah. So you can do the math on that one.
3: Are there any running backs we like?
2: Any? Maybe, maybe Los Hyde in this game. But well,
4: it, it, the I matchup mean, is good. Uh, the, the, the issue with Los Hyde is offensive line. Not offense behind <laughs> Just it at offense. behind <laughs> and abandoning the run. But I would still play him as an RB two. You can't not play flex. him. You can't not play him. I think the ta- I think the talent level's too high. You know what's funny is that after the first week of the season, you would have thought that Carlos Hyde was the best fantasy running back of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm trading Jamal Charles for him. Well, I wouldn't get it that great. Now, well,
3: no, no, barely in RB. He's, 2 well, he's, re-
1: he's regressed into what we thought he was going to be—a talented guy on a bad team who doesn't necessarily play three downs. I mean, yeah. We, you know,
2: it's both Great it's ball. both sad and like reassuring that we did all this work and we we're like, man, we love Los Hyde, but we think everything's going to be right. stacked against him. And then week one he goes bananas. And we're like, ah, we're a bunch of idiots. And then these last three weeks we like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh no, we, we the, had the, it. We the had process it right. was the process was fine. We had it right. Let's <laughs> calm down.
3: I think if you have Carlos Hyde, you you can't not play him. I mean, you got to find a, a it's good way. good
2: flex spot this week yeah. for me for sure. I,
3: I think I still have him as a as a high upside RB two because he just needs to break one like, off to justify the start. But if you're not, I mean, there's no one at, who's a flex level player that I would play over Carlos Hyde in a standard. Yeldon, well, I was going to say standardly,
2: Dion Lewis.
3: Deion Lewis. But Deion, Lew- I mean, Deion Lewis has absolutely graduated to must-start RB2 status. Must start. I'm saying flex level.
2: Danny I mean. Woodhead? I'd start Woodhead over go- uh, Hyde. Oh, man. I Wade? almost i almost flashed back and said Gore for a second there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd start Woodhead over Hyde. I think okay. he's got a much safer production level. Yeah, no, I Non-PPR? Agree. I agree. Even non-PPR. Even non-PPR. Danny I agree. Woodhead's like the 15th I'd, highest scoring fantasy bag or something right now. I'd, I'd go standard. with Hyde.
4: I like the matchup this week. Uh, the Giants are giving up what twenty fantasy points a game. The running backs. I, mean, I, I would, I, I would go with Hyde still. I was the trying.
2: To, I was trying to look at the schedule and see if there were some other guys in that wheelhouse we could toss out. But yeah, that's so he's good. You try and get him in your lineup if you have. Like
3: if I had Carlos Hyde and Martavis Bryant,
2: I love Martavis Bryant, but that's not even close. Yeah. But I am still starting Carlos. Oh Hyde. yeah, in the flex, totally.
3: All right, um, Chris Thompson versus the ATL. Great matchup, I would assume, here. It does.
4: And, you know, Marcus, all week on NFL Fantasy Live, has been uh, giving up some great stats on the fact that Atlanta has really struggled against versatile, shifty pass catching -catching running backs. Um, you know, Lance Dunbar had a big game. Darren Sproles, Shane Vereen was the Shane other Breen, one, right? Shane Darren Sproles, Lance Dunbar. So, uh, wow. kudos to Marcos on – Marcos. Marcos. i am I tell Mar- you Mar- You're Marcos Mar- Grant. Today. I am hurting today, man. Like, I'm so tired. <laughs> Someone week, needs to start you know, a Marcos Mar- Mar- Grant. You know what that was? <laughs>
2: that was Miguel Fabiano coming it
4: out. It was. <laughs> <laughs> this week, like, has been so brutal for me between work stuff and other stuff. And uh, my mind is just shot. So, Marcus, um, I apologize for that, but <laughs> I am trying to Grant. give you uh, kudos for for digging up that stat because Chris Thompson has big time PPR sleeper value this week. We're
3: we're totally dragging this into uh, the NFL Fantasy Live show, by the way. Marcos Grand, we are going to have a Marcos Grand. I wish so I had like Marcos a nice Grant. like
2: flamenco sort of guitar thing over
3: here we're, to play. Right, now. Miguel, Miguel
4: Fabiano. What else can we do?
3: No, that's what we're going to have. It's going to be Marcos and Miguel.
4: <sighs> Are we uh, going to be wearing, like, those, the, like, the well, we no. You guys just both need
1: fake mustaches. That's all. fake mustache. We are the most interesting men in fantasy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: <laughs>
2: boom. There it is. Boom. Hold on. Hytham Kalani, we've got your next segment.
3: Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, that's... Breaking news alert. Where's the bre- – we need a breaking news. Answer. Breaking news alert. <laughs> Marcos Scrantz. We have just come <laughs> up with a piano. new NFL Fantasy Live segment. And, yeah. by the way, people might say, well, that's that's dumb. That's stupid. Of course it is. Uh, of course have you seen is. our show? <laughs> yeah, have you have watched the Fantasy seen <laughs> <our> <laughs>
4: show? <laughs> we did fantasy I mean, bartenders. Trying to have, we we have some fun. We have promos of Marcus smashing a computer, <laughs> like, office space. I mean, that's what we you do. You know what
2: one was the probably the, the – Peak weirdness in the last couple of years was when you guys did the fantasy like romance novels a couple the, ago. The, it might have might have been the year before
3: you was, came, it James. Was, uh,
1: it was two years ago. We did uh, for National Authors Month, I believe. We, uh, we <laughs> right, or fantasy. it was like
4: like National Poets Day, something like or something. that. Yeah,
1: Some like fantasy book reviews, uh, right? Uh, the I think the the crowning achievement was uh, Eddie Lacey. The Eddie
2: Lacey one was hilarious. Eddie
1: Lacy, very Fabio like, with no shirt on and his uh, his locks flowing, was. Uh, that, that by the way, since you moment. can't see
4: what's going on right now, Marcus Grant, maybe Marcos Grant too, is uh, wearing a Han Solo t-shirt, which is very cool. And if you're a Star Wars dork like we all are, and if you're a Cowboys fan like I am, you can go on NFL Shop and they actually have Cowboys Star Wars t-shirts. Do they? A do couple they, of them do are in the other, mail. Do they for other teams? I didn't look. Okay. I didn't look. But I've got two in the mail. One of them is like Yoda's head, um, and uh, the other one is Darth Vader. With Dallas Cowboys, that's awesome.
2: <laughs> it's Fabs it's everything in Fabs world. Dude, colliding. I
4: will be if if, if it comes in, in in time for NFL now
1: on Sunday. I will be wearing. Unless it was it, right Dar- like Darth Vader fighting Rocky, and they were all wearing it? Cowboys. Just, just here? checking. It it appears that it's only for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, you're really? a oh, buddy. I, mean, look, I know that they. Let me see. I, I know so that I exists. got
4: this one's coming.
1: And Why? I got that one coming, too. I do know that they exist for USC, Ooh, and I can't that. speak to other NFL teams. What is, right. that? is as, that?
2: As enjoyable as this is, we should probably get back nice. to some matchups. It's, that was quite the tangent.
1: I love it.
4: Sorry. <laughs> no, all it's okay. Tell you, guys, my brain is just fried right now, so I'm just lying by the seat of my pants it, and having all right, fun. So it was
3: a
2: productive tangent, though.
3: Absolutely. MG, give me uh, Chris Thompson. You, you love him, obviously, against uh, the Falcons. Uh, Chris Thompson has been, you know, very up and down. But but give a case as to why you would start him in the flex.
1: Well, I mean, he, he makes his living catching passes. I mean, that, that is what he has done so far for Washington. And, uh, you know, Fabs is talking about the numbers. Uh, it's something like uh, with Darren Sproles with seven catches, 76 yards. Uh, Shane Vereen, eight catches, 76 yards. Lance Dunbar, the 10 for 100. I really look at Chris Thompson this week, and I feel like his baseline Seven catches, seventy-five yards. That's the baseline for Chris Thompson. That's a solid PPR day. Very if he good. He gets into the end zone. You're loving life. He's also out
2: snapped both Morris and Jones Ooh. lately. Like seventy percent for him, or something really? like that. Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I assume a lot of that has to do with game flow, right?
2: To- I mean, totally is, and uh, if they're doing passing us, but that's that's another reason why, like the Atlanta offense is very good. They could probably get up on Washington, and then if they're playing catch up, they're going to be needing. To, I would in be and dunk shocked
3: it. if they don't build
4: some kind of ten points. Right,
2: line. so that's that's why it's all stacking up. Watch, Chris Thompson's going to have one catch for ne- <laughs> negative six yards this week. But it's funny though. We should we should
4: really like like check out the percentages of successful and failed predictions when almost everyone loves the guy like so Carlos Williams last week okay everybody loved him he had that touchdown he was okay but like it was looking bad
3: for a while there
4: there are like we all all of a sudden love the Houston Texans defense last night and they just absolutely stunk we all like Derek Carr the week before against Chicago and he did not have a good game so that to me is it's I'm telling you uh, up there in the sky, the fantasy gods are looking down, and they're saying, you think you know what you're talking about, but you don't know what you're talking about. Watch this. Put
2: the put the stats mavens on it. We should do that, dude. Um yeah, we probably should. Uh, Chris Thompson uh, is a
3: sneaky good DFS play from what Yes, he is. Yep. Uh,
4: yeah, yep, because those are all PPR. So.
3: Exactly. You could stick him in the flex there. I, I like it. I'm probably going to go with him uh, in DFS. You've sold me. Marcus Grant, good job. All right. Uh, Kansas City taking on. The Chicago Bears. Uh, interesting matchup, uh, especially for pass catchers, I believe. Jeremy Macklin. I, we, we've had a hearty debate about Jeremy Macklin. Trade away, trade four.
4: Um, and we'll start with our senior fantasy analyst, Michael Fabiano. You say trade away. Trade away Macklin. Yes. Yep. His his value is extremely high right now. I, I'm 50% on him, right? The first two weeks he stunk. The last two weeks he's been very good. And I think he's going to have a good game this week because the Bears defense is no bueno. Right. But I just don't see it continuing. The last two weeks have been very great, very good, uh, but I think there's going to be inconsistencies, as we've already seen from him. Sure. Good games, two bad games. So I'd be trying to trade him now while his value is high, and you could probably get something pretty good for him at this point. You could probably get a pretty good player for him. As a matter of fact, it almost sounds like, hey, play him versus Chicago and then trade him. Yes. Yep, okay. even better. Uh what 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 level of player are you moving for a Jeremy
3: Mack? Oh, he's he's know clearly
4: in the, you in know the me. wide receiver two range. If he goes if he goes out and has a hundred and a touchdown against Chicago and you're looking at a three game stretch where he's one of the best wide receivers in, in fantasy, dude, I'm you know me, I'm going after the big names, dude. I'm going after uh a, a guy, for example, like maybe Marshawn Lynch, because people are worried about him. Uh, you may be able to get him on the cheap. I'd trade him for Andrew Luck in a potential package, something like that. you know? Which
2: is just good advice to shoot for the the moon in trades. Like, of course. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? They're going to say no, and then you okay, well what about this? It's not yeah. like they say no, and you're like, well, that's never going to happen. Like, don't throw at a good player for a bad player. That's what, always
4: that's what
3: happens to well, hold because on, hold people on, hold get on, hold mad on, that I, on. oh, you're trying to rob don't, me. Don't be that guy. Not Why? like
2: Not uh, insane. Don't, like, try and flip you know Jeremy Macklin for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> That's what I'm saying. Don't be that guy. But like, like shoot for the moon. Sure. Like, you know,
1: throw him out there and see if you can get. Uh, I don't know. I'm at Todd Gurley. Right yeah, sure. Sure. I mean i uh, look i in in one league I actually I traded for Jeremy maley because I'm on the side of go get him yeah uh, you know uh I traded him for Joseph Randall I, you know it's a team where I've got some running back depth so i I could afford to, to lose a guy and so and I Joe Randall for for jeremy Macklin. I gave up Joe Randall got jeremy uh, Macklin back i am big you won on that I'm big on him I, you, you know won that. i i see I see what's going on with this team yeah. I see like, the last two weeks twenty four targets they look like they're trying to feed him and and they're moving him around they're trying to get him in space because fact of the matter is, if you play for for an Alex Smith quarterback team, then you are going to have to bit get yards after the catch. So they're bringing they're right. him in space and allowing him to be able to run with the football, and I don't know, I'm encouraged by what I've seen. Also, in regards
2: to Joe Randall, he has very quietly entered the Joyke Bell zone. Uh oh. His last 22 carries have only gone for 28 yards. <laughs> <laughs> that um, is hashtag
4: But at least uncut. he's getting into the end zone. It,
3: let, let, me, let me say this, though.
2: Um, on paper,
3: uh, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of folks would say I would much rather have Joe Randall who plays running back mm-hmm. over Jeremy Macklin. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks would say that, but Alex, you seem very confident that Jeremy Ma- uh, that, uh, that uh, Marcus came up on this trade.
2: I do. Uh, I've been trying I've been telling people in the trade calls column I have to write every week to get rid of Randall while he's hot. like he had his three touchdown game and I was like, now's the time like ship him off. Get him out of there, because even
3: with no Lance Dunbar,
2: even with no Lance Dunbar, uh, Darren McFadden saw more snaps. Chris and Michael will probably see more snaps. Uh, it's the, they he has, you know, like it or not, left some meat on the bone as well. <laughs> and uh, he got he got into the doghouse in that last game because they had told him don't extend the football over the goal line, and he all he he lost the football doing that. Thankfully, he crossed the f- goal line before he did. But Jason Garrett and company was not
3: were, happy. They were not happy
2: with that. Uh he's he's definitely in a committee as they told us the entire off season, so that's why like you need to parlay that three touchdown game and the But is he in a committee?
4: Look at the numbers. Look at the backfield touches.
2: He he had like no touches after that fumble. Right, I and know. Now with well, Dun, that and was, and was, right. and now with Dunbar out, like they're gonna they're gonna continue to rotate it around.
4: But see I, I just I think I'm on the the same uh, wavelength as James here. Is there, I think the touches are going to be there for him. He's clearly the best back in that in that locker room.
1: I mean, he's clearly the best. You, back. You keep trying to make fetch happen. and, and yes. fetch is just <laughs> not going to happen. Stop trying to make fetch I happen. I mean, the Cowboys <laughs> keep saying, they keep telling us just flat yeah. out that it's a committee system. They've but, been but, saying it all offseason. Yeah, but
3: I, I think I think what Fab's is saying though is that the the snap count percentages don't necessarily tell that story. And and I and I would say this, if and and you guys know me, I was in the preseason. Saying Darren McFadden will win this job later in the season, early on it's going to be Joe Randall later in the season it's going to be Darren mcFadden and I think that still could be the case, but boy, I'll tell you what um Darren McFadden hasn't really shown much
2: he's looked better than just Randall recently might be true he's been he's uh, been average four yards
3: per pop in that last game certainly uh but boy, those first two weeks it was hard to trust Darren McFadden right now
4: you've got Randall at fifty nine Carries McFadden's got thirty-two, and that's with Randall getting benched for uh, a half half. last week. Yeah, Uh, six to three in terms of touch, in terms of uh, receptions. So you're looking at sixty-five to thirty-five.
2: I think that starts evening out more though now. Yeah, or or Kristen Michael gets in the mix, and
3: and, and I think that's where or Gus Johnson
2: like. Gus Johnson, I think. Uh, rise
3: fire. That's a name we haven't
2: mentioned since we've preseason. Isn't he injured? Practice squad. He's healthy he? now. He's just okay. on the practice squad. Oh, boy.
3: Anyways, uh, it's, a very, it, it's, a, it's a backfield no question we are keeping a very close eye on. Alex Gellhart and Marcus Grant seem to project forward and, and, and looking at Joe Randall look, losing some touches. Uh, Michael Fabiano says, hey, uh, Joe Randall is still the man. And can still produce. All right. Uh, let's talk about some matchups that scare us here. Todd Gurley really, I mean, just exploded in, what was it, one quarter, really? Yep. Uh, of football. Uh, do we trust him now versus the Packers?
4: Well, he had a great game against a great run defense last week. The um, I guess the training wheels are off now. Uh, Fisher's taking the training wheels off. To me, Gurley, I have him ranked right in the RB1, RB2 borderline territory. And uh, regardless of the matchup, I'm going to play this guy. We have heard so many great things about him. He comes from a running back factory in Georgia, and he looked good. That knee didn't look like it was any kind of problem at all. He will have another test on his hands. Green Bay is very good against the run, especially against running backs. But I certainly would not be second-guessing uh, starting him, even though the matchup is not that good.
2: No, I think that the the reason I put him on here too is because I have him ranked highly as well because he's very talented. and It appears he's he has won this backfield handedly. Yeah. However, the How last ever? the last three backs the the Packers have faced: uh, Marshawn Lynch, forty one yards; Jamal Charles, like forty seven yards; Carlos Hyde, twenty yards. If Jamal Charles doesn't get in the end zone three times, the Packers look even scarier against the run. Uh, their defense has been rejuvenated, like having B.J. Rashi back in the middle. Mike Daniels is playing out of his mind. And they're at home, and it's the Packers. That's they're, what I'm saying. They're probably going to get up.
3: So, uh, yeah, I mean, we talk about game flow all the time. Mm-hmm. We talk about game flow all the time. Um, if the Packers go up 21-3 on the Rams, which is – not out of the realm. It's just so, so hard. hard to it's hard to
2: project. It is. It's, it's that, very difficult. Man, I mean, the NFL know. is
3: crazy. The NFL is insane. I love it. I mean, and that's what is so well, great like, about the game. It's like
2: which Rams team is going to show up? The one that beat Seattle or the one right. that that scored like six. That's what I am saying. Points.
1: I mean, I am starting now. I am starting him in a league. Yeah. I am not. I am not fired up about it because I I do worry that this thing could go wrong. You know, they but they, you got to start him. You start him. I mean. You know, he could have a huge day like he did last week. He could come back with, you know, 53 yards. You know, who who knows? But I, I'm taking the chance, and I'm putting him in my line.
3: It's one good quarter. That's what makes me worried. It's not like they fed him early, and he was just gashing the Cardinals early and often. Uh, they got him late
2: it 's true. I mean, they put him in at the end of a of an old fashioned slobber knocker to use that term where these <laughs> nice. <those> two teams <laughs> Good have been, old JR. These, yeah. these teams have been duking it out for a while, so but he's he's supremely talented, so unbelievably talented. we're we're starting him right. but it's just be be a little leery
3: all right. how about the Raiders versus the Broncos Amari Cooper on very high alert uh, I know he's a sit for you, Michael Fabiano explain
4: well he's a sit as long as you have some other options at wide receivers, so for example. Uh, If Cooper was drafted to be your two or your three, you landed Larry Fitzgerald at some point later in the draft, and your first pick at wide receiver was any of the elite guys, uh, OBJ, Randall Cobb, someone like that, and you only start two wide receivers, then, you know, I'm sitting Cooper. Uh, I don't even have him in my top 15 this week. I believe he's out of my top 20 as well at wide receiver. I'm in a league where I have to play him. I have a three wide receiver flex league. I'm playing him because, well, it's going to be hard to find someone that I can justify starting ahead of him based on talent alone. But look at Denver's defense. I mean, they're giving up nothing. They've given up one wide receiver touchdown all year long. Akeem, Akeem Talib has played very Harris well. Harris Calvin a- Johnson oh. didn't do hardly anything against Denver. Uh, and listen, this this is a this is a team uh, whose defense has been better than their offense, which is oh yeah, no that's from very a Peyton Manning led team. So if you have that depth, you know, don't come back at me and said I started. Alan Hearns over Amari Cooper, you're an idiot.
2: Well, that's not crazy.
4: Stop it, okay? <laughs> but beware of this matchup.
2: Right. Yeah. The, there is some hope. I mean, uh, Stefan Diggs, a much rawer rookie than Amari Cooper, roasted to Tlaib last week for the Vikings. So uh, with Cooper's skill set and being such a proficient route runner and stuff, he could very easily get open and get some nice volume, but that is a Dynamite defense. So you have to be scared.
1: Yeah, and, and it's 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 not even so much. Well, it is partially that you know the secondary there with Harris and, and Talib on, on the back end, but the fact that they're getting after the quarterback up front. I mean, we've seen Von Miller, yeah. Demarcus Ware, Marcus Ware,
2: league leader in sacks right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean,
1: they are really getting after quarterbacks, which makes it hard if you are Derek Carr, if you're any quarterback to you know to find time to get the ball to your receiver downfield. So my my fear is you're going to have Derek Carr running for his life, and that, that's the one big knock on Carr. As much as I like the guy. Um, in the face of pressure, he really tends to struggle, and so if if the Broncos can start to make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket, it's going to be a rough day.
3: All right, um, anyone on the Broncos that uh, I mean, th- I, I will assume you're you're starting all your Broncos. It's, oh, it's Wayne.
1: funny the because Daniels. like Daniels,
4: oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby. I tied remember end, tight ends against the Raiders. I remember a time <laughs> when I couldn't justify putting Peyton Manning and start him and sit him because he was just too damn obvious. Now. He's 23rd in fantasy points among quarterbacks. 23rd! 22 quarterbacks with more points than him. Uh, Akbar's going to be eating maggots on the show at some point because he's got no shot at going for 42 touchdowns. But this is a week where you trust Peyton Manning. Uh, The Raiders have given up an average of almost 20 fantasy points per game, uh, 19.3, which is fifth most. And even though Peyton's not Peyton anymore, which is kind of what a lot of us expected... When the matchup is good, you got to get him in there. I like both the Manning brothers this week, but you're starting Peyton, you're starting uh, Sanders, you're starting Demarius. Demarius Thomas. Obviously, Alex said you're starting Owen Daniels as a one-week fill-in because of the Raiders' defense. But which running back are you starting, if any? I have None. C.J. Anderson. None. Bench. None. I would play Hillman as a flex over C.J. Anderson if I had Ugh. to choose between the I'm
1: two. I'm not touching it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, basically, I was looking at it. C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman's numbers are essentially the same except for one 72-yard touchdown run. If Hillman doesn't have that touchdown run, their numbers are are eerily similar. Right. You know?
4: Well, so. he still had that touchdown he still
1: run. Still did. So but it's not like CJ Anderson did it.
4: Um yeah, I'm not touching that backfield. I
2: Speaking of right. backfields, we're not touching the rest of the Washington
4: backfield. True. Anybody
1: no not named Chris Thompson, watch I'm out.
4: watch Morris go nuts this week. Oh yeah,
1: he'll, he'll watch go, he'll because twenty.
4: Atlanta's defense stinks against the run. They're terrible. The worst one in the entire league from a fantasy perspective. And it stinks because, like, I have Morris in our fantasy life. Like, I can't play him. I can't. And he's going to have 18 because it's so bad. <laughs> watch. Watch, like, Morris get hot and Gruden go all Shanahan, uh, yeah, Shanahanigans on sure. us and sits Matt Jones on the bench. They bring in Chris Thompson on third downs, and it's the Morris and Thompson show, and everyone's got Morris on their bench.
3: Morris, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Is that what we're looking at here? Get, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about Tampa Bay versus the Jaguars. Uh, Doug Martin versus the Jags. Uh, He had a great week four. Uh, Do we trust him to repeat that performance against the Jags?
4: I don't. I want him to. I d- <laughs> Marcus, i <I'm> so depressed. <laughs> I do. I want him to. I
1: totally do. Like I, I you know, I, I know that obviously the Buccaneers have invested a lot in Jameis Winston, yep. but it hurts to watch him drop back and throw the ball 35, 40 times to the other team. To the other team, you know, and. I am all for bringing quarterbacks along slowly. I mean, you've got this guy under contract for, what, four years, the option for a fifth. There's no need to try to make him the centerpiece of the offense right now. Let him – you know, allow the running backs to do some work because I, I feel like Doug, volu- Doug Martin is a volume guy. If he yep. can get 20 touches, he can give you nice production. But instead, 100% agree. instead they're going to let you know Jameis drop back, throw it 35 times. You'll, you you know, you have to live with the four picks and maybe a couple of fumbles. And it just it, it crushes. And also,
4: all. take a look at the matchup. You think Jaguars, you think, yeah, their defense isn't really that good. But they've given up fewer than 12.5 fantasy points to running backs in three or four games this year. So it's not as bad as you all think it is. The Jaguars' defense has actually been pretty tough against runners. And I'm not talking about 12.5 per game to the number one running back on an opposing team. I'm talking about totally. every running back.
3: Right, uh, Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson versus Baltimore. Baltimore uh, famously has done very well against running backs, opposing running backs. Um, I assume Isaiah Crowell is a sit for most everybody, uh, unless you're you know obviously desperate at that position. But what about Duke Johnson? Uh, he's got an interesting skill set. At least they're finally that. using it too.
2: He had like two passing targets the first three week, two weeks of the year, and then he got seventeen over the last two in PPR leagues. I don't mind Duke Johnson as a flex at all this week because H- how many? No,
3: I agree with you. Have uh, in week four, like eight or nine
2: in week four, nine. I think That's I think crazy. he had nine.
3: That's a crazy amount
4: of receptions.
3: Um,
2: yeah, he has. He has fifteen catches on seventeen targets. I think in the last and
4: weeks. you know what was one of the most impressive ones was where I mean he was lined up in the slot. And he just go route. Boom, gone. And, you know, McConn dropped the pass on right into it on that, t- that. That's like a wide receiver. I mean, that he's talented. He's really talented. And I, I think he's more than a Giovanni Bernard type. I think he could actually end up being at some point in his career like more of a featured back. Not a guy who's going to carry it 300 times, but certainly a guy who can give you 300 plus touches in a season.
3: Um. So Duke Johnson a start at the flex.
4: PPR. Isaiah
3: well PPR. sit unless you
2: yeah c- concerned about the...
3: last
4: Haley year defense. two games against the Ravens sixty one yards no touchdowns. Uh,
3: any other matchups that you want to hit Alex Gilhar?
4: Uh, just, just- real quick. Uh,
2: Pierre Garcon in that Washington game should see a lot of volume, but you gotta get gotta be worried he's gonna get the Desmond Trufant treatment. And he has just been erasing. Is Sean Jackson
3: coming back? Not yet, yeah, it sure. Uh, sound yeah.
2: Like, yeah. I was I was I was trying to research around and uh from what I could tell, he's he's not quite back yet. He did individual work this right. week in mm-hmm. practice, so maybe next week, but I think he's out for this one. Sneaky, super deep play. Okay. I think he, this was one of your danger zone picks was Derek Carrier though. Yeah, buddy. They traded for him because their tight ends have just evaporated yeah. from the Washington roster. And if Jordan Reed sits that it sounds like Derek Carrier is gonna have a could have a ton of targets. Well, they should have called Chris Cooley.
3: Again, I talk no, about, co- I talk about <laughs> combine numbers and pro day numbers all day long. And, and, and rightfully so, because if you have no game tape on a guy, what else can you really go on? But Derek Carrier is an unbelievable athlete. Very good athlete. 6'4", 240. At his pro day, uh, he went to Beloit College. Beloit College. Small school in uh, the home state of the kid in Wisconsin. Uh, And he played basketball there. He's 6'4, 240. He ran a 4'5'40. A 4'5'40. Speedy. uh, For a tight end is crazy fast. Uh, And by the way, he played basketball at a small school, and now he's playing tight end. That's never worked. Boy, have we heard that before. (laughs) That's never worked in the NFL. Uh, Yeah, so. I, I, there's a lot to like about Derek Henry. He couldn't sure. see the field because they were monetarily and philosophically invested in, in a few other tight ends. But now that it's his time to shine, and with no Deshaun Jackson out there, they're going to have to throw it to somebody. He could, he could see a ton
2: of targets. I think so. he's
3: going to see a ton. I've actually got him uh, in my tight end position in a 14-team standard league. There you go. Um, and I feel really good about it. I feel
2: really, really good. We'll about see it. how you feel on Sunday then. <laughs> hey,
1: look, the Danger Zone has been has been on
3: point this Change year. Danger Zone has been good. I, I you know what I wish I had I was just playing Danger Zone, guys. It, it, I'm doing so bad in my regular in my two various leagues that I take very seriously. I'm doing so bad. I, I'm zero and four in one league because I had I was invested in uh, Des Bryant. Didn't work out too well. Nope. <laughs> and in my other league, I was invested heavily in Andrew Luck. That also did not work out... Not so much. ...too well. All right. That was... Yeah. Uh, I'm really Wait. looking... I, we should do daily dabs, but I'm really looking forward to, as a segue, I'm really looking forward to Marcos and Miguel. The most interesting <laughs> man in fantasy. Read all about it. This is the dude. Daps and Give me daps, cause I will be scribbling right. Give me
2: dabbing up. depths of bound. depths and hooks. I didn't mean to cut us off there, too. My fat finger hit the hit the <laughs> drop a little earlier than I anticipated. It's all good.
3: Why don't you kick us off?
2: Uh, all right. Well, my Daily Dab has got to be – I mean, it might have been yours, too, Marcus. But we're, uh, we've are we talked about the movie Samurai Cop on yes! the podcast before. And we are going to the world premiere of Samurai Cop 2 tonight in L.A. So excited. Yes. So excited. At the, the Lemley in, uh, in North Hollywood. We're going to go. Uh, Harmon's coming with us. What? A couple of my other friends. They started a Kickstarter after the original Samurai Cop became a cult hit, got funded, they've made a sequel, and not only is it going to be insane and most of the original cast is returning, but oh they've God. added you me
1: apart, yes. They've added Tommy, Tommy Wiseau.
2: So we're going to go tonight. We'll have a full review for you on Tuesday. I have been waiting for this for months.
1: It's going to be bad, and I'm so fired up about it. Oh
2: the trailer looks amazing. Just Google Samurai Cop 2 trailer and oh. just, oh, God. In its glory. So good.
3: Uh, while we're waiting for mine, can you go on YouTube and find the Simon and Simon theme song?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, I know where this please, is. Going. Please
3: fire that up. I
1: know. Where uh, okay,
2: going. I will. I will try. Uh,
1: in the meantime, I guess I see. So yeah, because it's it's good that I had a a second dap in my back pocket because I had a feeling that this is where that was where Alex Gelhar was going to go with his. <laughs> um, look, I want to give a dap to Gatorade coolers. It's been a rough week. <laughs> it has been a rough week. For Gatorade coolers, first on Wednesday night, you had the wild card uh, game in, in the National League between yeah. the Pirates and the Cubs. And after that weird bench clearing stare down between the two teams, Sean Rodriguez for the Pirates goes back in the dugout and decides to go you know, Mike Tyson on a cooler and start punching it left and right generally not a good call not really a good call um uh, and then on Thursday night in in the NFL game you, know, you have the Texans and Colts Arian Foster he had that weird, you know he, he got hurt left brought himself back in then was taken out and then you see the shot of him on the sideline grabbing several Gatorade cups and snatching them and throwing them down to the ground look guys i mean i know you're upset but but you know Gatorade coolers' lives matter. I don't understand <laughs> what's going on here, so I just want to give a, a dap to uh, to Gatorade coolers because you know they they didn't do it. they didn't do anything to deserve this. Uh, they they're didn't just do they're just trying to do their, their job. Just trying man. to do their job. Just you know, just keep you hydrated, refreshment, hydration. That's all they want to
3: do. Gatorade loves it too when when the, these guys just lose it on their product.
2: The baseball one was the saddest. <laughs> <laughs> it was. In professional sports. It was. It, it was, was so sad.
4: Uh, Miguel Fabiano, give me a dap. Uh, I've got. Two. Uh, First one quick to uh, James Corden, who allowed Akbar and I to be involved in uh, a few skits for his late, late show on CBS last night. It aired last night. Uh, I tweeted it out. It's on YouTube. So you can check it out. Um, I will not be going for my sad card anytime soon. That's Uh for sure. My other dap is to my buddy Max Greenfield. And if you guys like American Horror Story, they just started up a new season called American Horror Story Hotel. And poor Max, well, let's just say uh, the worst thing that happened uh, to him is the worst thing. I hear he was violated. That could happen to a man. Um, Obviously, it's an act and uh, it's a show, but uh, I I still felt bad for him when I was watching it happen. So, uh, Max, who was the uh, current reigning NFL Fantasy Celebrity League championship, um, kudos to you, my man. I hope you're feeling okay. (laughs)
3: Is that the actor from. uh,
2: New girl.
4: Schmidt. New girl. Maybe? He's been doing a whole bunch of stuff for McDonald's. Oh, good. And uh, yeah. Um, good for him. All right, James. He no. didn't fare as well in the uh, first. <clears> all right, man. so we're I'll,
2: gonna I'll... Ha- we're gonna have to bootleg this though. So I'm gonna put my mic close to this. Got it in my laptop up, so I can't plug. Oh, I can't I wire the board, okay, but no, that's, but, all right, that's well, hold fine. Hold on one sec. Okay, so
3: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go shotgun style here. Uh, I'm gonna give a daily dap to uh, Golden Goff, Jared Goff. Hardly ever have I seen. Oh yeah, here we go. Uh, the Simon and Simon theme song. I'm gonna give a dap to. Uh, it's I, I was doing research for Danger Zone. Don't ask me how I got to Simon & Simon. I made a weird Simon & Simon reference. Oh, this is what it was. One of the actors for Simon & Simon. Jameson Parker. Uh, Jameson Parker went to Beloit. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, which is how I pulled the, that off in Danger Zone, which is, uh, of course, by the way, I'm having a ton of fun with Danger Zone this year. We had a ton of fun last year, too. Also, but,
2: wait, real quick, Simon & Simon aside, did yeah. you see, because Marcus sent it around, the yes. uh, the Funny or Die thing or whatever. Funny or, or Die. Or, no, Adult Swim. Adult, Adult Swim. Swim. Okay, good.
3: Uh, Adult Swim. They do a shot-for-shot remake of Simon and Simon's intro. Uh, Marcus Grant, I think, tweeted it out. Uh, it's great. Go look for it. It is really, really that's funny.
2: Starring John, uh, John, John Hamm, Hamm and, and Adam Scott. Adam Scott. <laughs> <laughs> it, Marcus said it to me. He's like, it's worth the eleven minutes. I was like, that's an eternity <laughs> on, on internet <laughs> no, time. At, but it's funny. It was great.
3: Um. So yeah, I'm gonna give a d- uh, daily dap to uh, Simon and Simon theme song. Daily dap to Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott. They're making watching college football fun again. Um. And speaking of college football, I will give my final daily dap to the Golden Goff, Jared Goff. Hardly ever have I ever seen one man carry a team as much as I've seen Jared Goff. They're 5 and 0 right now. Their defense is abysmal. They're atrocious. Everyone on the team is a below average college football player. Jared Goff is playing out of his mind. And he is absolutely carrying the Golden Bears. They take on uh, the 5th ranked Utah Utes. 7 p.m. ESPN, go Bears. The two Utes? <laughs> the two Utes. Utes. Uh, 7 p.m. ESPN, go Bears. I'm looking forward to it. Cal versus Utah. There you go. That's my daily dap. Beautiful. Let's get out of here. All right, for the Whisket from Wisconsin MG, Marcus Grant, and Michael Fabiano. The Hall of Fame of Miguel and Marcos. I'm James Coe. I'm Jaime. I'm out.
4: Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit livenation.com concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners.